Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Coming to you live from the Raymere studio, it's the Tony Basilio Show, Tuesday, November 7th edition of the show. This is Brian Hartman and Matt Dixon filling in for Tony, who's taking a much-needed day of respite. He's been doing quite a bit lately, from post games to hosting tailgates for good causes. Anyway, Tony needs a day off, so we're going to give him that. We're going to sit in with you till 1 o'clock. This is Brian Hartman filling in. Matt Dixon is joining live via Skype. Matt, welcome, and how is everything going today? Uh, doing great. Uh, nice nice season opener for, for the basketball team last night, taking care of business. Um, big game, big game at Missouri this weekend. So a whole a whole lot going on. This is that that time of year where I see a score, like on the, either at the bottom of the screen or, or on my phone, and I, or for a second I have to I have to decide whether it's a basketball score or football score, and I get get uh, surprised at times. Well, yeah, and I, like I see, I have to distinguish between not only basketball but basketball and women's basketball because I see. Colorado destroying LSU, and I'm thinking, dang, that Deion Sanders is really doing work, and it's a women's basketball score. So you've got that going on. That's starting up. As the Vols get a huge expected win over Tennessee Tech, they'd like to double up a lot of their of these by opponents, and they did last night. I think 80-42 to 42 was the final score. They held a team to less than 50 points. We've seen this before, Matt. Just the defense is just suffocating especially for these opponents that are just not equipped to handle it. Yeah, and they, they really could have held them under I don't they could have held them under 30 if they really wanted to. Um, rotated played a bunch of guys. So it's a, a, a really nice season opener got Zakai coming back and, and, and playing uh Viscobi, you know playing for the first time in, in a few weeks. So it's it's really good to see those guys and, and see See, so kind of empty the bench for for much of the second half. So it was a, a really nice start to the season. Um, you know, it's some Michigan State got beat by James Madison at home. So maybe that that preseason exhibition type win is isn't as isn't as big of a, a deal as maybe we we thought at the time. But um, always a, a nice way to get the get the season started. Had, had a pretty pretty decent crowd for for a Monday night game. Yeah, maybe the. 
scrimmage win over Michigan State won't be mentioned in late February by Jimmy Dykes. Good or bad? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That, uh, there'll, there'll be a talking point or two that Jimmy has throughout the year. As we look forward to the next game, which is at Wisconsin, Friday night, 9 o'clock, Peacock telecast. Then the next day, 3.30, CBS, Tennessee, Missouri, at Columbia, Missouri. The Vols and the uh, football team are both on the road this weekend in Madison, Wisconsin, and Columbia, Missouri. As you mentioned, ZZ Stop, he played 12 minutes last night, which I thought somewhere between 10, maybe maybe as many as 15, but definitely no more than 20. And he was limited to 12, and I'm sure he'll be sort of brought along slowly. Yeah, and, you know, he had a couple of nice stops defensively. Um, Looked looked good out there. Um, So, well, you know, hopefully they're they're able to limit his minutes here the first month or two of the season, which they should be able to do with their depth. You know, Jordan Ganey continues to impress. Uh, obviously, Dalton Dalton Connect is is going to be your, your your probably your go to guy, and, and I would assume your league score most nights. Got got a really really good game, um, inside out can do, can do a whole lot of things. So um, it was 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 very encouraging to kind of see him in person for the first time. I don't give out the number because we are going to have a special guest. Our good friend from Power Mizzou, Gabe D. Armand, will join on the other side of the timeout. We're going to preview the Tennessee-Missouri game. And, Matt, one question that you don't have to answer just yet, but I wanted to ask this question, and we'll take calls on that. The number is 865-200-5402 is the number to call in on. Is four scenarios, the next two football games, Tennessee plays Missouri on the road and at Georgia in a week and a half. What's the most likely scenario? What's the most likely thing to happen? A- they beat Missouri, which they're favored to do slightly, and lose to Georgia at home, which is sort of by the lines, Vegas lines. That's what is expected. Or the unexpected, where you lose to Missouri, turn around and sort of let it all hang out. You beat Georgia. C is go 2-0 and against Missouri and Georgia. Or D is hopefully, God forbid, go 0-2 against Missouri and Georgia. Matt, I'll say this. I don't think I'd have thought before Joe Milton got on his hot streak here recently and played better that 2-0 and in, this, in these two games would be likely. But it's something that I don't think – I think with the way Milton's playing, it's, it may be on the table. But I don't know how likely it is. Your thoughts? I, I yeah I don't think going two and zero is is very likely. Uh, I would. I mean, this game this weekend is really kind of a, a, a true toss up. I I'll be disappointed if Tennessee doesn't win, which which I don't I don't think I felt necessarily that way earlier in the season. So I, I'd probably I'd probably say they go one and one, beat Missouri and lose to Georgia. Um, but cer- certainly you need you need to take care of business this weekend. Um, for, for a lot of reasons that would, you know make that that Georgia game really you know a great atmosphere that that this fan base deserves and, and would be a really really fun game and really put a lot of pressure on Georgia which you know it doesn't seem like they played with a with a lot of you know their backs against the wall very often so that would be a, a really hostile environment for them so I, I 
I would pick Tennessee to win this weekend and, and lose to Georgia as, as the most likely. But, the, uh, you know, this game with, with Missouri will probably come down, you know, probably come down to just a few plays and be a four-quarter game. Yeah, it kind of feels like the scenario with A&M and Alabama where most likely you're going to split, but certainly if you lose the first game versus A&M, your chances of beating Bama may lessen. Would not beating Missouri, would your chances of beating Georgia lessen if you if you go 0-1 to start? Yeah, it's it's a good point. I, yeah, yeah. Well, you'd you'd be in a not a great place emotionally, um, and and Georgia, will, you know, most likely will beat Ole Miss um, at, at home, which would take a lot of you know kind of the excitement for that that Georgia game, uh, you know, down a little bit. But yeah, you need you need to definitely take care of business this weekend. That that should definitely be the the the, the goal and. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't think Tennessee's going to going to put sixty up on Missouri for a third year in a row, which would be the first time an SEC team's ever done that to a, to another conference team three years in a row. But I, I'll I'll be disappointed if Tennessee doesn't get the win. Eight six five two hundred five four zero six. Brian Harbin and Matt Dixon filling in for Tony. Where's, where's Steve Wilkes when you need him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they can do a reenactment. As it's going to be a three thirty. The weather in Columbia is going to be nicer than it normally could be this time of year i believe they're talking about high 50s and sunshine and it's not at night i don't know we'll ask gabe the armand on the other side what that's going to do as far as the crowd goes if if there's a difference between playing at Faro at night with this team or maybe a 3:30 afternoon start will the crowd be as juiced anyway we'll take a short time out we'll come back we'll have gabe the armand on brian harbin matt dixon the tony basilio show on a tuesday this is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. 
Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11, 11, 23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to talk to our favorite grocer, fresh off a great vacation, Miles Johnson. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. What we got today at uh, Foodland? Well, this week we have ground chucks for three forty nine a pound, ribeye steaks six ninety nine a pound, sweet potatoes sixty nine cents a pound, green cabbage seventy nine cents a pound, food club vegetable oil three forty nine, and Coke six packs three for twelve. All right, some good deals as always, and uh, thank you as always for sharing that with us and people need to come in and take advantage of those great savings once again you're located at uh, on west 7th street right there by the post office open seven days a week you're open 7 a.m till 9 p.m people need to come in and check out and uh, you got a great staff as always i appreciate them and uh, miles you have a great week so we'll talk to you next week buddy all righty thank you thank you once again that was miles johnson from foodland go check them out they got some great great specials there Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. It is 11.15 on the Tuesday edition, November 7th, of the Tony Basilio Show. Brian Hartman and Matt Dixon filling in for Tony. I'm going to go to our special guest, 
Gabe DeArmond, who we frequent this time of year when the Vols and Missouri Tigers kick off. And Gabe, I just wanted to say that this might be the final time Tennessee fans get a chance to take a trip to Columbia for a bit if the SEC schedule, the new schedule comes out and it's not friendly to this, what has become a every year thing for the last 10 years. Yeah, there's going to be obviously a lot of changes and I don't think Tennessee is, is, is one that, you know, in, in the conversation for Missouri's um, kind of three permanent games. But, you know, if, if it goes the way everybody says, it should still be every, I guess, every four years. Um, you know, they, they play twice, once each place. So, uh, hey, when you have 37 teams in a conference, that's the way it goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and there may be more teams in the conference before we're said and done. You might have to have two conferences within a conference. Right, we'll just we'll just go back to what we get. It, it's just like the streaming and cable thing. We're eventually just going to get back to what we had ten years ago. You might get the regional rivalries back. The Big Ten might be able to call itself the Big Ten and Ten. Yeah, or what? What if we just put like all the the teams that make sense geographically in a league and called it like the Big Twelve? You know, what what, if a, what a concept. Yeah, Tennessee plays at Missouri on a. It's going to be a. The weather's going to break a little bit for. Good weather, I think, is going to calling for the 60s, maybe maybe low 60s, high 50s, sunshine. Is that what you're feeling right now? Yeah, it's close to 80 right now um, the next couple of days. It's going to cool off a little bit, be 60, a little more cloudy, but it, it's not like they're going to come up here in a, a snowstorm or anything, which is possible in November here. Yeah, you've got to feel like this is very abnormal for Columbia, Missouri. It's sort of abnormal here. We've had a nice weather, too, but although it can get, get a little bit mild. But as you know, anyway... The game kicks off at a 3.30 CBS start, and Tennessee goes up to Missouri. Usually they play at night when they go up there. I think the last time they played was a noon game two years ago when Josh Heupel had his coming-out party, I think. Will that affect the crowd? Will the crowd be maybe less juiced for a 3.30 CBS start than they would at night? Or does Tennessee catch a break that way, or does it matter? Uh, I mean, I think if you're the road team, you the earlier in the day you can play, the better. But... Um... Missouri fans are, are going to be, this is their fourth straight sellout. Um, they play basketball against Memphis on Friday night. So it's a huge weekend here in town. The place will be full. Um, it'll be, it's been a, a, I think Tennessee fans that will make the trip will be uh, surprised. The atmosphere this year has been so much better than it's been really since Missouri's first year or two in the SEC. So, you know, Tennessee fans that came up here, and I guess that would have been 2013, might might see something that they remember from 10 years ago, but it, it definitely has not been that way uh, since on, on Tennessee's trips up here. What brought that on, do you think? The win over Kansas State, where they beat a ranked team at the final gun with the long field goal? Well, it's been a few things. I, I mean, um, Drinkwitz has been recruiting well the last two or three years, so fans have, have been thinking, you know, uh, hoping a breakout year is coming. Um, the athletic director here, Desiree Reed Francois, who was at Tennessee as an associate AD for a while, she's done a lot of really good things in the last two years. Like she really put an emphasis on, you know, asking fans, "Hey, what do we need to change about the game day experience? What do you want? What can be better?" She's made all the changes they've been asking for for a few years, and then yeah, I mean, they they kicked a sixty-two yard field goal to beat uh, to beat Kansas State. They had LSU it, really they they had that game in control for about three quarters and 
and kind of let it slip away. But but Missouri fans walked out of that encouraged. They go down and and really handled Kentucky pretty easily, you know. And then uh, I, I think uh, Missouri fans would would certainly have liked to have won the game in Athens last week. But if you're not going to win, I, I think Missouri probably did as well as as you could hope for in in gained a lot of respect outside their own fan base in that game so it's been a good year and and look we all know that fans want to be a part of a winning team right the the last few years the number one reason missouri fans haven't showed up outside of the whole COVID thing is just they haven't had a lot to cheer for if eli doesn't and i'm going to go to matt dixon after this question but if, if eli doesn't show some signs of improvement this year was there talk about him being sort of maybe on a little bit of a hot seat? Yeah, we came into this year with some questions. They gave him an extension uh, in the middle of last year. Actually, it actually broke the morning of the Kentucky game, and then they lost to Kentucky. So that always goes well. Um, but I had said I, I thought he needed to win seven to be absolutely sure that he was safe. He might have been safe at 6-6, six and six, but I, I wouldn't have been sure about it. That would have left him under 500 through four years, and the last guy got fired for, for 500. So it was definitely a huge year. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people in, in the offseason and in August, and they had hopes. Um, they, they thought that they had the best roster they had and thought they had a chance to be an 8-9 win team. Um, but you never know for sure until you go out there, and it, it's really kind of come together for him this year. Yeah, speaking of the last guy, I think he's 7 or 8-1 and one at UNLV. Yeah, yeah, Barry's doing a nice job out there. Um, they've won more games than they have, I think, any year this century um, already and, and you know, has a chance to win the Mountain West and all that. And I'm happy he's got another shot on, you know, he really – in hindsight, if he would have taken Josh Heupel's route, which is go do the group of five thing first, he had an offer to be Memphis's head coach. Had he gone there and then maybe been the guy to replace the guy who replaced Pinkle here, it might have worked. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but, hey, he, he got the job offer here, and, and obviously he had to take it, but there were just some things I think he wasn't ready for. And I'll throw it to Matt. Yeah, get, uh, I guess uh, UNLV's only loss was that opener to Michigan, where Michigan pretty much knew all their plays. So really, really encouraging for them. Um, how is Missouri health-wise coming out of the the Georgia game? But you know, uh, looked like a really physical game, um, kind of a, a really emotional high game. I know Burden kind of got banged up at some point. Cook took some shots. How how is Missouri health-wise um, getting ready for this weekend? Yeah, we'll talk to Eli here. Actually, in a couple hours, we we talk to him. Um, Chad Bailey, starting linebacker, has missed the last couple of games. He's got like this, just I, all they tell us is a core injury. It's kind of been nagging him all year. So he didn't play against Georgia. Not sure if he'll be back. Uh, Luther got banged up. I, I'll be honest, guys, it's kind of an every week thing at this point. Um, I think the ankle is just nagging him a little bit. And you know how ankles are when you tweak it, um, it, it kind of bugs you. But he's never like, he always comes back in the game. Um, so I, I don't think it's anything that, that keeps him out of a game. Brady is, I mean, Brady Cook, you would have to pretty much separate his legs and or arms from his body for him to miss a game, I think. So, uh, he was as healthy going into that Georgia game as he's been all year. He, he did take some hits, but, um, you know, quarterbacks in this league take hits and, and I don't see anything, uh, keeping him out. 
the game starts at 3.30 on CBS, Tennessee, Missouri. Both teams come in at 7-2. and two. So what you're saying is with seven wins, Eli looks like that uh, they could end up winning nine, and so he definitely would be safe. I, I think they could end up winning ten. I mean, they beat Tennessee. I, they've got Florida and Arkansas left, and I don't think either one of those teams is very good. Um, this, I think this weekend is, this is, is a swing game, potential sort of. ten and two, you know, New Year's six type bowl. I, I think the winner of this game, you know, certainly uh, is probably, well, Tennessee's still got Georgia left, which is obviously tough, but Missouri wins this game. I, I think they're looking looking down the barrel of the 10-win season. Yeah, and, and when's the last time Missouri, I guess, Pinkle, when they won the East yeah, years ago? Yeah, uh, 2014 was the last time they won. They've had, I, I forget, it's six or seven 10-win seasons, I think, and seven or eight 10-win seasons ever. Pinkle had five of them. You know, so uh, hadn't been done since then. And and if he if Eli could get it back to that, uh, you know, ten maybe eleven with a bowl game. I, I mean, I think he's. I think if they, I think if they win ten, I think he's the SEC coach of the year. And um, I, I don't know that he would get national coach of the year, but I think he would be in the conversation. And speaking of returning quarterbacks, Brady Cook is was the quarterback last year in Neyland Stadium. Now he's got Tennessee. At home, and Missouri probably has a QB edge in this game. Joe Milton, of course, has a lot of experience, but this is his first year where he's been the starter. Does Missouri have a pretty much a decided edge there, QB, in this game? I mean, I, I would give him an edge. I don't know how big it is. Brady, it, I haven't seen a kid turn around his career like, like this kid has, maybe ever. I mean, two weeks into the season, Missouri fans were just screaming for Sam Horn, the four-star uh, redshirt freshman backup, and and then Brady went out. He had never thrown for 300 yards. Then he did it, I forget if it's four or five weeks in a row. His last couple games haven't been nearly as prolific. Um, you know, obviously Georgia's got, got a great defense. Uh, South Carolina, they just didn't really have to do it. They've run the ball a lot better the last couple weeks. But I think Brady is, I think last week probably meant Carson Beck is going to be second team all SEC at quarterback behind uh, Jaden Daniels. But Brady will get some votes. I think he'll be like in that honorable mention group, and and he's had a nice year, um, you know. And and he's they really like their wide receivers, and th- this offense has had one of the biggest turnarounds in the country. I think first year OC Kirby Moore. I I think he should be uh, in serious contention for the Bryles Award because they just couldn't do anything on offense last year. If you scored twenty four points, you had Missouri beat, and uh, they they've come out and they had put up thirty, um, I think six weeks in a row before playing Georgia. The defense might have issues when it comes to stopping the run against good teams, but they do hit probably harder than most Missouri defenses, especially the one the last time Tennessee played in Columbia. That defense certainly was nowhere to be found. Yeah, but they yeah no, that was a down. terrible defense. And last year's Missouri defense was good, except for the week they played Tennessee. You know, um, and and I think this is really interesting because the Missouri defense has been playing quite a bit better. They. They played well against Georgia. I mean, they held Georgia 10 points under their season average. Georgia averaged a little under four yards a carry. So they did, they held up well against the running game. And this one's interesting because Josh's last two offenses have been what we've gotten used to under Josh, uh, right? Uh, throw the ball all over the field, just receivers, just he can scheme up mismatches. And that's not what this Tennessee team is. So Missouri's been pretty good against the run. And obviously this is the best running game they face. You know, um, Kentucky ran the ball well against them for a quarter, but then didn't do anything. South Carolina can't run the ball against anybody. And then they held up well against Georgia. So if they can defend the run, you know, reasonably well, 
and put this game on Joe Milton's shoulders, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I, I think you would say edge Missouri at that point, but obviously that's easier said than done because Tennessee runs the ball as well as anybody in this league. Matt, I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah, just what what about Missouri's running game? I know you, you mentioned that they've gotten better at that. The the running back, I think Schrader, a really nice, really nice player. Um, how how well does Missouri run the ball? Because the the numbers don't really back up what I I see. Whenever I watch them, I think they're actually pretty decent with some of the the stretch stuff. And but the numbers don't back that up. Is that just because they they just throw the ball a little bit more than than they have been? Well, they they had been throwing the ball a, a good amount for you know four or five weeks, uh, but I, I think the numbers don't look good because the entire running game is Cody Schrader. I mean, against South Carolina, literally another running back did not take a snap. Against Georgia, Nate Pete got four snaps and two carries, and that's it. Um, those are the only two guys that have played at running back this year. Cody leads the SEC in rushing. He's got I forget the exact number, something like eight hundred twenty-three yards, some eight hundred nineteen, somewhere around there. Um, you know, so he's averaging about 90 a game. He's gotten better, and, and it was interesting against Georgia. Like, I just didn't think Missouri would be able to run the ball with, with Cody Schrader against Georgia outside the tackles. And he was bouncing things outside and getting to the corner. I mean, honestly, I think Missouri might have won that game if they committed to, to handing the ball him, to him a little bit more. He was the best thing they had in that game. He had 22 for 112. First guy to run against, run for 100 against Georgia in about three years. So, He's gotten better and better as the year goes on, and he's just a kid that, uh, you know, you say, how many carries can you handle? And he says, how many can you give me? I mean, he, he said he had 50 a couple times in high school. He had 39 was his high at uh, Truman State when he was in Division Two before he transferred here. So they, they've gotten better at running the ball, and I, I think a big part of that is Brady Cook's gotten healthy. He ran the ball pretty effectively in the first half against Georgia, and he is a deceptive athlete. I don't think people – probably that don't watch him every week, give him enough credit, but he's one of the faster guys Missouri's got, and he can make some plays with his legs, and, and that's really uh, something that uh, has been an added dimension to the offense when he's been healthy enough. He had a had a knee issue earlier in the year, but he seems to have gotten over that. Do you think that Missouri may have gotten a little bit of a raw deal from the officials in Athens? Yeah. It was a terribly officiated game. I don't think it changed the game. Um I mean, they made a couple of bad calls. I, I just said what I came out of that game is I don't know what pass interference is, and I'm not sure <laughs> the guys calling the game did either. Um, but I, I, I didn't think it changed the game, honestly. How big of a game is this for Eli Drinkwitz? Um, I, I mean, it, it's huge because I think it's the separator between a very, very good season in what could potentially be a great season, right? There's a difference between nine and three and third in the East and ten and two and second in the East. And, you know, I, I've said if this game was a year from now, this is a play-in game for a 12-team playoff. You know, winner, winner's probably in and, and loser's probably out. Um, I, and, and so it, considering what Tennessee has done to him in his three years as a head coach, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's last year was 35-12, and that was the closest game they played against Tennessee. Last two games have been over in the at the end of the first quarter, you know. So, I think it's a it's a very big game. This is the difference for Missouri between like, you know, Gator Bowl type level and Citrus Bowl or New Year's Six Bowl type level. Um, and, and again, like Florida can beat Missouri. I mean, they beat Tennessee. Arkansas could beat Missouri on the right day. 
But Missouri will be, I think, at least a touchdown favorite in both of those yeah. last two games. And so this one is, is kind of the separator. Yeah, and, and is there some concern that, that Heupel's offensive style is, is maybe a not a good matchup for Eli Drinkowitz's teams? Although, you know, when you look at the two teams, the talent-wise. I, I mean, I would yeah. agree with that if this was Josh's offense from last year. But this is just a, a way different offense. They don't have those. Uh, you know, those NFL receivers running all over the place. I mean, there were a couple plays in each of the games the last couple of years where you just looked at and said, well, I mean, Heifel just, he just out-schemed him. You know, he just put a guy that Missouri didn't know how to cover. And this is just, it's just a way different offense. And unless, you know, uh, unless I'm wrong and not seeing this team every day, but this is not a team that you look at and go, they might line up and throw for, throw the ball for 450 yards against them. What is the defensive coordinator now doing that Steve Wilkes did not do? Steve Wilkes had NFL experience, but just it was a disaster. And Missouri defensively, I think that's sort of why that they may have a chance. Or they have chance. Yeah, I mean, first games. of all, he hit the, they hit the transfer portal two years ago on defense really hard, brought in a lot of starters, and kept all those guys uh, mostly through NIL uh, last year. You know, Darius Robinson could have gone pro in state. Tyron Hopper could have gone pro in state. Chris Abrams-Drain, who I think should be an all-SEC corner, could have gone pro and stayed. So that's been a big deal, and um, it's two things. First of all, they're pretty good at getting pressure with front four. Uh, They were the first team all year to get a stack of Carson Beck without blitzing. Um, They did that in the the second quarter, I think. And then he blitzes a lot, man. He brings pressure from a lot of different places. And uh, we'll frequently have some quarterbacks kind of guess it. At, at where it's coming from, and and so I, that's been a big deal. And and you can do that when you have cornerbacks like Chris Abram Strain and Ennis Rakestraw, who probably don't get the publicity of maybe some other groups in this league, but but I think are up there with any you know top two in, in the conference. They they don't have the depth at the position, but those two guys are really good. Matt, um, I guess, I guess if. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, the last two road games Tennessee's played, their opponent hasn't had a live ball penalty at, at Bama and Kentucky. So I, I'm always curious how, how well that goes. You know, both teams have been on the short end of the officiating the last few weeks. And I think, like you said, Gabe, officiating is just bad, period, um, across the board in, in the league. So I, what, what about Missouri's basketball team just on the, on the way out with, with the you know, second year, um, had, had a lot of success last year, a lot of fun team. What, what are the prospects for, for Missouri's basketball team this year? Yeah, Missouri fans are really excited. I mean, I, I think they were picked, I don't know, ninth, tenth in the league, something like that, because they lost Kobe Brown. They lost to Moy Hodge. Those guys are both in the NBA. Um, they brought in, you know, six transfers or five transfers, a junior college guy and three freshmen. So a lot of the team is new, and they don't have – they have nobody on the first or second team all-conference team. Outside Columbia, people expect this to be a step back, and I think expect Missouri to miss the NCAA tournament. The coaching staff has told me for four months we think we're better than we were last year. Um, they opened last night against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, so not a test, but they put up 105. You know, they had uh, they had I think nine guys play 10 minutes or more. They had five guys score 15 points or more, which is only the second time that's happened in school history. They're going to play super fast. They're probably going to lead the country in three-point attempts, and they're going to be really fun to watch. I mean, I, I think they're an NCAA tournament team. 
Um, but, you know, hey, that, that always, you know, one or two games can swing that. I think they're going to be better than people outside Columbia think because Dennis Gates has been a head coach for four years, and all four years his team has been better than people expected it to be. So I, I think he's earned some, uh, some leeway in that regard. Gabe, one more thing, and we appreciate your time. What do you think happens Saturday? I mean, I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I, I probably, you know, I've seen lines that have Missouri by a point and a half, and I've seen lines that have Tennessee by two. Uh, I, I think it, it's truly a coin flip. Um, the only difference between these two teams is Tennessee had the one bad week where they lost a game they shouldn't have lost to Florida, and Missouri hasn't had that week. Uh, the, the losses have been, you know, to Georgia and LSU, top 20 teams. I, I would, I tend to favor the home team. In, in in close games where I don't really know what's going to happen, it, it won't at all surprise me if Tennessee wins this game. But I, I'll probably pick Missouri by you know three to six. Gabe, we appreciate your time. Tell everyone where they can find you. I know it's not on Twitter. Yeah, just go to powermizzou.com or missouri.rivals.com. All our stuff is there. Um, we'll talk to Eli here and players in about an hour, and obviously have uh, coverage of this all week long. Oh, one more thing. Did you catch any of the? MLS Sporting KC versus St. Louis City Series. I, I heard about it. I heard it went well for Kansas City, so yay for my hometown, I guess. All right, Gabe. Well, we appreciate everything. We look forward to All talking right, to your basketball one. season. Thank you. That's Gabe DeArmond, PowerMizzou.com. And, Matt, Missouri basketball, we kind of segued you asked the question, and Tennessee's yet to beat a Dennis Gates coach Missouri team. I think this year sounds like it may be the year they do that, although I think they have to play them once on the road. Is that correct? Uh, I, I don't know the basketball schedule think, off the top of my head. I, I'm yeah. sure they probably do have to play there. So that's going to be a test for the Vols. This, this good team uh, Tennessee has, may that might be a problem for them, a problem spot in the schedule. Anyway, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. We're going to take your calls. I'm going to open the things, the phone lines up here. 865-200-5402. Brian Hartman, Matt Dixon filling in for Tony Basilio, who's taking a maintenance day, as Matt called it. We'll be back on the other side of this. Time out. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to the Tony Basilio Show Tuesday edition. It is 1145 on a Tuesday, November 7th of Missouri week. We are 75% of the way through the season, which is really, really hard to believe, Matt, that it just flies the way it has when we wait all this time for it to get here. And then, like Bino said, once it gets here, before you know it, it goes by in a blur and you're opening Christmas presents. 
got to got to soak up every game and every, every Saturday. It's it for some reason we it, things go and uh, fast forward through through the fall, uh, especially especially when when you're having a, a good season um, like this year and, and especially last year. Um, it's always weird how that works out. Before we get to Philadelphia, I'm going to throw out my question here, and you can call in 865-200-5406. Let me say that again. 865-200-5402 is the number. 865-200-5402. The question I want to throw out there is this. The next two games, we're sort of back to where we were before we played at A&M Alabama. We kind of have a three-team round robin. Those two teams played each other, and then Tennessee played both those teams. Missouri and Georgia both played each other, and now Missouri and Georgia, Tennessee plays both of those teams. So I'm going to go back to this. we got a three-team sort of tournament going on here. Again, what's the most likely scenario? Tennessee beats Missouri, loses to Georgia. Tennessee loses to Missouri, beats Georgia. Tennessee goes 2-0, and and Tennessee goes, or they go 0-2. I'll throw out that question. Let's get our first caller in. I believe I've got Philadelphia, the mayor of South Knoxville, Philadelphia. Welcome to the show. What do you say, Brian? How you doing, Phil? How you and Matt doing? We're doing as good as we can do. Tony, hopefully we'll get him better. uh, I'd say the most likely is you lose both of these games. Well, I uh, I was hoping nobody would say that, but I I feel you. Being a realist, uh, you got to go there, and then you got – Georgia, who pretty much owns us right now. Now, does Joe Milton playing better? I can understand if you would have said that maybe back in before Joe Milton started playing better. But does that change your mind? Could that could that weigh you into what you're thinking? That gives us a better chance of uh, winning Saturday. Uh, uh, Missouri's a winnable game, but Tennessee is yet to play four quarters on the road yet this year. And it's quality competition. Yeah, Kentucky was probably the closest they came. They played really two good, really good quarters at Alabama, but they still left points out there. And the second half, you know, we won't mention that. And you're speaking of points left out there. Uh, I was reading the blog, uh, and some, I was some Benny put it out there. Does Tennessee have? Are they the worst in the SEC of scoring in the red zone? Yes. Yeah, by by a decent margin. Wow. Well. If that happens Saturday, we're not going to win. Yeah, you need you need touchdowns and not field goals for sure. Yeah, you you're depending on having to score touchdowns from long distance, and I, I don't think that's too sustainable, is it? Well, I don't know. I I, I have a funny feeling about the game. I think Tennessee overall has got more talent than Missouri, but uh, it's going to come down to which quarterback plays the best and. Uh, can Tennessee score touchdowns to the field goals? I think it's pretty simple and keep Missouri uh, from making the big play in the passing game. Yeah, and in this this matchup, usually you have a hypo team that's sort of, they're almost like a pro at what they do with this offense, although they don't have the personnel that they normally do. But normally Missouri is sort of, I don't know if they're trying to do the same thing, but it's kind of like Tennessee sort of on steroids compared to that as far as yeah. just the offense is just so much more explosive. But Missouri, it seems like when you when you try to play a team a certain way and beat them at their game and you don't have the, as much talent, usually that favors the team who's got more talent, right? Yeah. It's sort of like yeah. Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky can't beat Georgia playing the way Georgia wants to play. 
They just don't have the players or the team. And Bob Stoops even admitted it. Or not Bob, but Mark Stoops. Yeah, but if we first have any chance against Georgia, you have to beat Missouri. I don't think you can lose to Missouri and get up to beat Georgia. Well, I I sort of felt that way with with A and M and Bama earlier this year. I didn't think if they couldn't beat A and M, they certainly weren't beating Bama, and they didn't beat Bama anyway. Yeah, Missouri's your last chance to have a a, a great win because Missouri, you know, they're right, you know, they're a ranked team, and we hadn't beat a ranked team all year, right? Uh, that's correct. They haven't played many except, I guess, Bama no. was the first ranked team they played, and Kentucky was ranked, but not when Tennessee played them. They'd fallen out. And once again, the Florida and Albatross are underneath, just like the South Carolina game was well, last year. In Florida, they certainly have lived down to what we thought they'd be. Phil, what would you think of the basketball game last night? We haven't spoken on that. Well, it was, uh, they've got some players, uh, Seems to me like the biggest problem is finding who the backup point guard. I'm beginning to think that maybe I'll let Jamie be the backup point guard because I don't think Billy Owens ever going to be a point guard at all, and uh, Mayshack can't play point. Yeah, it seems like Mayshack sort of there just seems to be kind of an awkwardness when he when he sort of hand, has to handle the ball. It's sort of like it's forced. Is that, that, does that make sense? And Billy yeah, Owens more of an sense. athlete, an athlete type. I think. No, I do like. Uh, uh, I see why they're playing Estrella and uh, Cade Phillips. Uh, as soon as those guys get strong, they're going to be forced to deal with inside. In fact, they got basketball skills that I do and Awaka don't have. And, and by next year, they'll probably be better basketball players than both of them. You know what's funny is that I'm going to get the Phillips mixed up from last year. I'm still thinking that the guy last year, Julian, is still here when I hear that name. But it's but it's not. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Phil uh, Wisconsin on the uh, road. They scored a hundred and five. I think a hundred and five points really? last night. Yeah, which normally that's a three game total for them or something wow. like that. So they look like. So uh, Rick Barnes plays slow ball against Wisconsin. That'd be a first. One. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's going to have to be a role reversal. We thought that the balls would want to speed them up. Maybe they want to slow them down. Wouldn't that be a uh, a switch. All right, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you, Phil. Phil drops in, and he drops off and out. So we're going to go to our next caller, 865-200-5406. Phil has weighed in. He thinks that uh, begrudgingly that the most likely scenario is 0-2 the next two games. But I'll throw out the question again is, what's the most likely thing to happen for the balls the next two matches, next two games? We know they're beating Vanderbilt. So there's your there's your eighth win right there. So you're looking at somewhere between eight and four and ten and two. Are they going to beat Missouri and lose to Georgia, which is what Vegas kind of expects, I think? Are they going to switch it up and maybe lose to Missouri and beat Georgia? Will they go two and zero, oh, or will they like Phil think? <laughs> Guess what? That didn't get out. As the caller, the number to call in on is eight six five two hundred. Five four zero six. No. Maybe that's what Hypel and Moore were, were were arguing over during the game. They, <laughs> yeah. That, that was was over that guy. Was over the uh, was over the uh, the women's basketball thing, the rivalry between in the in the other sport. As Tennessee Connecticut is in the rearview mirror, Tennessee and Missouri is upcoming on the uh, show here of record. 
as the number to call in on is 865-200-5402 is a number. 865-200-5402. Philly, thank you for calling in. And Gabe thinks that, uh, Matt, we'll talk about this, the time of the game. I think it's sort of, I was kind of, I didn't think it'd be at noon. Of course, you knew last week when they came up at the times where they're flexing this game, the noon was the only time slot that was not going to be used by this game. So I kind of thought that with Georgia, they've been on CBS quite a bit. I wasn't sure that they'd want Georgia on CBS this week after having them on last week and most likely would have them on next week. So my instinct was right. They gave Tennessee, Missouri a 3.30 time slot, and they don't have to play at night with a what I think would be a more charged-up crowd. Yeah, and I, I just think it's always easier to, to play early on the road with, you know, travel. You're not sitting around a hotel, you know, all day. Uh, Tennessee practices in the mornings, and I, I think we talked about that a lot last year and not really as much this year, but Tennessee practicing in the morning, I think helps them play day games a lot better. At least they come out ready to play. So it it, it is it is a benefit to Tennessee to to not be a night game, and you know we'll see, you know the weather might affect it a little bit there. Although that would probably affect Missouri more because they throw the ball more um, than Tennessee, who's kind of a you know more of a power run team. That a bad weather game would probably actually favor Tennessee in that aspect. Or one of those like you know mid thirties you know you know gusty wind type deal like like Missouri had up there a few times so it's you know it, it's it's a true toss up game it's really kind of intriguing two teams that you know are vastly different than they were last year which is what kind of makes college football great um, you know just the 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 year to year year to year deal and. Um, ho- hopefully Tennessee shows up ready to play with, with a good game plan. And, and you know, I, I just – I like Tennessee to be able to score some points. I just I just think Tennessee has a good advantage schematically in this game. Not not as great as it was against Kentucky, but I do think Tennessee's the better team and and should should be able to, to outscore Missouri if, if, they, if they take care of business in the red zone. Let's go to Tritown Trey. Trey, welcome to the show. Hey guys, um, yes. Yeah, so I would say uh, I think the most likely scenario is one and one, and the reason is because, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that um, Missouri is uh, well. Either I, I, in a way, I think we might be more likely to win the Georgia game at home, uh, just because of how. Well, we played lately at home the last couple of years under Hypel, and then also with how we played on the road. You know, um, indicating a loss at Missouri. That's the point I didn't really bring up earlier was the fact you have the road home factor in the A and M Bama scenario. You had the playing A and M at home and Bama on the road, so that could that means a switch could be, you know, maybe maybe more likely that is what you're saying, or could happen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then you know, I. I uh, I know Tony's out today, but he proposed yesterday. Um, question for the show I'd heard was SEC championship or Final Four. I'm probably going to go actually SEC championship there just because it's an actual championship. You know, Final Four is not guaranteed. I guess, it, you know, as Vino astutely pointed out, it, it shows that, um, you know, you have a chance at winning 
national title when you're in the Final Four. But I'd probably go with SEC championship because another thing, just because uh, you know, with them becoming less important, it'd be nice to win one of the last last year, I guess, uh, of them having that in that format. So yeah, I think yeah. SEC and championship. It's been a long time, like 25 years. What's interesting is you you haven't had an SEC championship in the lifetime of many fans that are younger they didn't experience the last one which was 25 years ago unbelievably so and nobody has ever experienced a final four no matter how old you are so either either one's extremely rare and will be a first for many people yeah yeah absolutely i've been too long finally coming out of the wilderness with uh with you know the 20 years or whatever to get those younger fans engaged so yeah, great job, guys, and um, yeah, looking forward to the show. I think I'm calling that Tennessee will. Uh, I, <laughs> contradictory to what I said earlier, I think Tennessee wins today or Saturday. Rather, Tennessee pulls it out uh, by six or seven. Right. So, yeah, because if they if they beat Missouri, they're going to come into Georgia with some juice, especially if. Well, I don't know if I expect Lane Kiffin to or Ole Miss to go into Athens and win or not. But if that were to happen, it's for all the marbles, and there would be a lot of juice in the crowd on Saturday in a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, and potentially playing for the East. Um, yeah, we just, you know, Georgia losing to Ole Miss. And, um, yeah, it's very possible. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Brian. Brian. We appreciate the call from Tritown Trey. I'm going to go ahead and, get a quick legal in here while we do it. I'm going to take one more call, and then we'll take a timeout. WJBE, 1040 AM, 99.7 FM. Translator, W259AB. Powell, Knoxville. Got to get that in there. We got to stay on the right side of legality. Let's go to our next call, and we'll take you. Hello, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Um, sorry, oh. I'm just now tuning in, so I don't know what I missed, but uh, Leslie and Murray County. Hey, Leslie. I just want to say the Vols are going to um, win this weekend. I just I just think they are. So, you know, you got to play the game, but I feel like they have a very good chance. What uh, What makes you think they have a very good chance? Well, help. What, what, what's well, the reason for I mean, your I think, for one, they're not intimidated. You right, know, yes. in Missouri. You know, we've seen that play out in the other place I won't mention down in the very southernmost part of the U.S. But, I mean, they go out there and just play the game, you know. So I think history and I think that uh, they're playing. It just seems like they're playing better and better every week and more as a team. And I think we have the weapons to, you know, beat them. I think Joe Milton's playing better and better. He really seemed to turn the corner at Alabama with the second half not really withstanding things that really Mm -hmm. weren't his control. And then you saw with Kentucky, he went on the road, played probably his most complete road game, and then followed that up with, I guess, just one half against Connecticut that was always necessary. We didn't want him to play much in the second. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he just seems confident, and if you look at the mannerisms, I I went back. I always go back and watch the game, um, and, you know, on replay, and I just think the mannerisms of the team, too, you know, all the celebrating with each other, and 
I think that goes a long way. And, uh, we, you know, when they went down to uh, Florida, it, they just didn't seem to be clicking. I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not saying there was anything going on behind the scenes, but they just seemed tight, nervous. The play, the coaching was abysmal, I think, too. But, you know, they've owned that. So I, I do hope, though, that they have a different defensive game plan than they had down there at Florida because that uh, Brady Cook, I mean, he can get out, out of the pocket and run around. And I think they need to go after him. Yeah, totally. and you had a lot of talk about the flu. You mentioned that Florida game with a players-only meeting that some kind of thought, well, it's kind of unusual to have that this early in the year with a 2-0 and team that hasn't really mm-hmm. been tested. You're already doing that, and that didn't bode well for that game. But they didn't let that loss become two losses. Right. Heifel has done very good with – he hasn't lost back-to-back games but one time his first year. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. in his track record, is not to let one loss become two, although – Last year, South Carolina to Vanderbilt. You know that's that's neither here nor there. Right. Leslie, anything else? No, I mean I just I just have a good feeling. I mean, who knows? You know, of course I had us beating uh, Alabama, and that didn't happen. But you know, I'm still I'm still riding with the balls. They're going to finish out, I think, and and uh, win. And I'm going to be there on the 18th. Right. And uh, I have a good feeling about it. You know, you never know. Well, That's I'm, why you play the game. I am for having a good feeling. Yeah, why not? Leslie, appreciate it. So we'll talk All to right. you later. All right, y'all take care. Y'all have a good one. Matt, uh, you know, she mentions that Florida game before we go to break. And that was probably – it took – Tennessee really playing down to for Florida to win that game. I, I think there's a lot of games out here that if that happened in September early on that if you played them now they'd be different. And I certainly think that would be one of them. Uh, pr- probably uh, it was a night game and you played a, a, a juiced up crowd. Um, they kind of you know they they were desperately needing a win coming off that Utah game so. You know, they they caught you at kind of the right time, just like Tennessee has caught A and M, and uh, they're catching. I think they're catching Missouri at a good time, even though it's on the road. So, um, yeah, there's the, the the key. I think more than ever with with the portal and so much you know roster turnover, um, they see a, a greater variance in teams from like the start of the season to the end, both good and bad, and. The really good coaches get, you know, continue to develop their team, and they get they get better and, and much better in a lot of cases as the season goes along. Um, whereas it used to be, you know, when you have you know veteran teams and and you have guys that have been in the program for a while, you kind of are who you are at the at the beginning of the season. Whereas now, I think there's a, a, a greater kind of variance of whether you can get better or worse as as the season progresses. Thank you, Matt. Let's go to our third time out of the show we're going to take this quick respite and we'll be back on the other side with the tony basilio show brian harvin matt dixon filling in for tony on this tuesday we'll be back after this this is big lou maddox and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle tennessee wkom 101.7 fm columbia 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7, and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to talk to our favorite grocer, fresh off a great vacation, Miles Johnson. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. What we got today at uh, Foodland? Well, this week we have ground chucks for three forty nine a pound, ribeye steaks six ninety nine a pound, sweet potatoes sixty nine cents a pound, green cabbage seventy nine cents a pound, food club vegetable oil three forty nine, and Coke six packs three for twelve. All right, some good deals as always, and uh, thank you as always for uh, sharing that with us. And people need to come in and take uh, advantage of those great savings. Once again, you're located at uh, on West Seventh Street right there by the post office open seven days a week you're open 7 a.m till 9 p.m people need to come in and check out and uh, you got a great staff as always i appreciate them and uh, miles you have a great week so we'll talk to you next week buddy all righty thank you thank you once again that was miles johnson from foodland go check them out they got some great great specials there Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. If you're coping with a chronic condition or injury, your physician may recommend surgery to relieve pain, increase mobility, or improve your overall health. At Murray Regional Health, physicians on our medical staff perform surgical procedures in an array of specialty areas with the most advanced technology available. When you need surgery, count on our experienced surgical team to deliver exceptional care close to home. For more information, go to murrayregional.com surgery. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. It is 10 after 12 on a Tuesday, November 7th, the week of the Missouri game. Tennessee and Missouri getting to, about to get it on up in Columbia for the, I guess is this is the 11th meeting. Tennessee leads the series, I believe, 6 to, I think, 6 or 7 to 4, something like that, 6 to 5. Something like that. We'll figure it up later. Let's go. Uh, we've got Matt Dixon, Brian Harbin filling in for the taking a maintenance day. Tony Basilio. I'm going to go back to our phone lines. We're going to grab Rod in Clarksville. Rod in Clarks, Vegas. Welcome to the program. Appreciate you, Matt. How are you and Brian doing? Hey, we're doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, what did y'all think about the basketball game last night? Well, I it went about like I thought it would. Tennessee Tech just overmatched. Tennessee just in these bye games it's just interesting how it seems like they're all pretty much the same they they get up big on a team and they never even let them breathe it's like a cobra striking and choking you to death and they did that again they nearly doubled them up and held them to less than 50 you know man i really liked the ball movement last night you know with the balls i really liked that the ball did not you know seem to just like stick with one person they kept the ball moving i really liked that about the offense 
Yeah, and they play such great defense, too. That's another thing. And, and yeah, you're right. The uh, ball movement, you've got Doug. And you, you're trying to really figure out who, I guess when ZZ comes back, that's going to be your point guard. But you, he's not really, he's just limited right now, is what I'm trying to say. And on the football side of things, boys, I think uh, Josh Heupel uh, with the football team, I believe, you know, with him inviting all the Volpe lives that can come watch practice and all that all the time, I believe it's really weighing on them as far as he knows not to lose to Kentucky or Missouri or Vanderbilt. And for some reason, it seems like against those teams, he always knows how to dissect their defense to score big against those three teams. So I'm not really concerned about this game tomorrow or Saturday, but I believe, of course, the defense is going to play better. I believe they've been, you know, kind of half-assing, not trying to get hurt. And I believe they're going to be ready for these bigger games when it really matters. And I know we're going to beat Georgia at home. I'm not even concerned about that. I think the balls, the fans are going to cause us to win that game. So you, think, you, think? you think we're going 2-0? and You think they're going to go 2-0? and There's no way. Of course I think we're going 2-0, Matt. Matt? I, I love it. Um, I, I think you, you definitely need a pat your pass rush to come back that, that you had the, the first half of the season. Um, but if you get those things, I, I, I definitely like your chances this weekend. And then, you know, you get a, a home crowd, a, a juiced up home crowd for, for Georgia. It's, you know, Georgia's, they, they, they're, they're due to lose the game at some point, right? I mean, I know we've said that for like a year or two, but. Um, they, this is that's the ultimate kind of spot for them they, to, to drop a game. They look like they're on borrowed time recently, I think. Except when they play. Well, y'all know, y'all know as well as I do. Whether Georgia, we know they can, you know, surely beat Lane Kiffin. We get that, but that doesn't matter. I don't care if we come in second in the SEC. As long as we can beat Georgia at home, that's another statement win for our coach. You gotta have it. Yeah, that's his first win against Georgia. He'd be, I think, exactly. And he's beat. That means he's beaten everybody in the conference that he's played that had a chance to play. Right. George is the last brick there to get through. And what time did the Lady Vols play tonight? Don't they play tonight? Uh, yeah, I assume around six thirty. Okay. Well, guys, you know I love y'all to death. Y'all have a great show. Go Vols! Thanks for the question from Rod in Clarksville, Matt. I, I have to look up on the schedule just when they when the Lady Vols season begins. I know the men played last night. The women, I think they played tonight because I don't think they played their first game yet. But anyway, 865-200-5406. Why am I saying 064? 865-200-5402. I've got six on my mind. It's 02-865-200-5402. Let's go to our next call, and let's get W. Lynn in the mix. W. Lynn, welcome to the show. How are my French compatriots doing today? As good as can be expected, WLN. How are you? Yeah, y'all are doing y'all are doing great with the show. I think. Well, thank you so much. Um, as far as uh, what I'm thinking about, uh, I'm gonna preface my prediction, but I, I'll be happy if we finish the season two and one and go nine and three. I'll be okay with that. But I actually think, like like the last caller, I think we're going two and zero oh these next two. Wow, I like it. And I, I love what he said. If, if we beat Georgia, if we're not in the championship game, so be it. We beat Georgia. Yeah, there's some value in beating Georgia. Even if Georgia gets a win over Ole Miss, that means next week's game will be not for the East. It'll just be for a, another game for Georgia to navigate. And Tennessee will not be playing for – they'll just be playing for hopefully what is a 
very nice bowl game. Maybe a New Year's Six bowl game if they can take Oh, I think if we go ten and two, New Year's Six is a for sure thing. That's, yeah, that's I, just my I, opinion. I think, oh yeah, that'd be a guarantee. Yeah, nine and three probably gets you to one of the either the Tampa Bowl or the the bowl in, in the in Orlando where they have it. The Sixers or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's undergone like twenty <laughs> yeah. different names now. But Tennessee hasn't played in Orlando in a bowl game since the Michigan game, which has been a long time. So I think those folks would really want to have the balls for a change. Yeah, and I, uh, your Missouri guest made a good point. I was thinking about next year. This would be this would be a play-in game for two teams that are on the bubble that are probably like the next four out category. So yeah, that it's... that just shows you what this playoff is going to do for fans. Even if you've got two losses, you can still get in. And it means I mean, it's going to open the door for a lot of programs like Missouri who have the right coach at the right time that are that wouldn't even sniff a fourteen deal. Well, three times the field is going to put it in play for a lots of lots of people. And of course, certainly yeah. Tennessee is going to be one of those teams that it gets in, it's it's in play for. I just hope they change the rules and say the top five conference champs, and then you know seven at large because. The way it is right now, Tulane and Utah, Utah is the highest-ranked team in what would be the new Big 12 next year. And they're not, you know, they they would bump Louisville and Tulane would bump Oregon State. So I hope they change it to where it's the top five conferences and then, you know, seven at large. Uh, that'll be our commissioner, Nick Saban, probably trying to do that. Well, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be easier with 12 teams to sort of have a, at least, what I would say, four conferences, four like really power conferences. That way, you, if you spread it out, on average, you could get three teams in from each of the power four. four I guess a, I guess a group of five is guaranteed, right, Matt? Under the yeah. format, the highest ranked one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're averaging, you'd be, you'd be looking at maybe two, you know, and I guess the SEC, if it has a real strong year, they could have as many as four teams in, the, in a 12-team deal, if it's really yeah, strong. Yeah, which, if, you know, if the thing was going on today, we would have four, you know. So right. the new SEC, you know, I'm counting Texas and Oklahoma, but uh, I can't wait. But I, uh, if, if you're going to the Missouri game, I appreciate it for the fan base that's going and, Cheer hard! I remember the last time we played up there, we had a pretty good representation. I think that you know there's a big uh, Memphis alumni contingent that's going up there. Uh, yeah, it's, so uh, don't don't buy tickets <laughs> over. You got to sit on those rocks in the in the outfield. Have you seen those things? Yeah, that's, they've got a lot of rocks out there. I was looking at them, and that thing is gigantic. I they, love they create Chris a lot Biden. of noise. Yeah, Chris Budden is part of, you know, our family, the way I look at it. And she graduated from Missouri, and I think she was covering the LSU-Missouri game. And I remember her saying from the sideline, I've never seen the rock so full. So uh, don't buy a rock ticket if you're going. Yeah, don't try to pick it up and throw one either. Yeah, don't do that. But, yeah, but uh, try to get on the grass. I, I feel good. I think our offense is kind of have has all of our weapons in sync now. You know, we've got we're in sync with who we can throw to, the running game, and I just I, I think we're more in sync than we've been all year. Yeah, the wide receivers are actually catching the football. 
which they weren't doing. And, and I think that a lot of that made that that's made Milton look a lot better than he's been, than he's looked. And I think yeah. that that makes him more sure of himself when he knows a receiver's going to catch it. When he's not sure a receiver's going to catch it, that changes a lot of things for a quarterback. I wish just one or two times, though, when we get near the goal line, we'd line up in the wishbone with all three of our backs in there. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that certainly is. And especially when he can run like he is. But he just feels like he – right now he looks like he's really in control of things. Milton is the way, the way he's playing. I think that's why they have a shot. They'd have a shot to win this weekend, next week maybe, if, if he just continued to take a step and – you know, we're, we're, he's he's right at the. I mean, this is it for him. He he is at the end of his college career. It's kind of like yeah. A, I mean, this is college. you're right. This is it. And uh, you never know. I don't think he'll be a starting NFL quarterback. But look at all the people that go to the NFL and they hang around on the practice squad, and sometimes they get called up, like Josh Dobbs. You just never know once once they get to the pros and give it a shot. Yeah, it's it's. Josh Dobbs. I didn't think Dobbs when he played here. I, I didn't. I didn't see an NFL quarterback in him. I thought the guy can run around and he can throw on the run, but I didn't know if he had the, the kind of arm that could make success in the NFL. Well, he's he certainly had his chances, and he keeps getting on rosters, and he's finally he's taking advantage of the chances that he's gotten lately. So kudos to him. And you know who knows in ten years when he goes to be a rocket scientist. The NFL might have the first game on the moon. <laughs> yeah, colonization on Mars. But Will Josh Dobbs be the first person to throw a pass on the moon? I think he might. <laughs> He's going to own his own rocket. <laughs> NASA had like the, somebody hit a golf ball up there. Dobbs can go out there and throw. He can throw one farther than Milton on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> he can throw one back to Earth, maybe. Him and Milton can play catch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, guys, great show. Keep it up. Go Big Orange. Thank you, W. Lynn, for the call. Thank you for the everyone for their participation so far. That's hard to say real quickly. 865-200-5402 is the number. 865-200-5402. Brian Hartman and Matt Dixon filling in for Tony, who's taking a a little bit of a day of respite here that's much needed. He was on late last night, and we've got a couple late post games coming up this weekend with the Garza Law Firm basketball ot where the balls play uh they go to wisconsin play at wisconsin on friday night at nine o'clock it's a peacock telecast so if you don't have a peacock stream you won't be able to see the game so that's where it is if you can't find it it's a big 10 i think peacock and the big 10 have a some kind of a deal going on where some of their games get on that network so that's where to find that's where you can find that game and then the next day Tennessee goes to Missouri for football to play the University of Missouri Tigers. I want to shine some light on a another program over on the hill that's having some success. The Lady Vols soccer program has made the NCAA tournament for the third year in a row, and Joe Kurt in his second year has taken them back to the NCAA tournament where they will face Xavier on the road Saturday, which unfortunately I think it's on at the same time or will be played at the same time as the football game. But they're, they're going to play Xavier, I think, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. So good luck to those girls. I want to shine a light on them as they make another NCAA tournament appearance. Matt, we've had a pretty good run of it so far. We're nearly 75% done, just like the football season is. And we're going to take you right up to one, Matt. 
So I'm surprised we've had, I guess I shouldn't be, but we've had a couple people who, a couple callers who think that 2-0 and could happen for these next two games. Yeah, always thinking positive. Got to, you know, there's there's a place for that. So it's, you know, I, I'm I'm certainly not at that point, but um, you know, if you if you win this weekend, you at least give yourself a, a puncher's chance, and you get, and you get your crowd still fired up and engaged, and um, may, will make it a very hostile environment for for Georgia to come in here, whether or not the East is on the line or not. Um, you know, I, after losing at Florida, you know, your first league game. You know, I you know any chance I that I thought this team had of 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 con- contending for the East or you know backdooring the way into Atlanta, I thought they were gone. So if you were to get in a spot where you're playing Georgia for the East, I think every single fan would have taken that at the, at the beginning of the year, um, and that that's still kind of on the table. So it's a lot a lot to still be playing for, um, and a, you know a really you know really kind of fun. Fun way to end the year with with some of these you know marquee games and games of significance down the stretch. Well, you know, the phrase I mean, this is the first time Georgia's been at the end of the yeah. schedule, and it's going to work out to where it's a pretty big game. This is kind of where we wanted Florida to be years ago when you wanted that game later in the year, where the two best teams maybe in the East get to play each other late. But what's interesting is Gabe was talking about how Missouri can take their season from a pretty good season to a really great season. Well, Tennessee has a chance to sort of do the same thing. They've got it. They've got eight wins in the bag, because I don't see a scenario that Vanderbilt comes into Knoxville and wins. That's that, that's not going to happen. So that that's their eighth win. If depending on these next two games, you could have a really great year if you win both of them. If you win one of them, well, you know, nine and three is pretty good. You lose both of them and. I don't think that makes it a terrible season, but there would be a little bit of a disappointment, I think, if you were to drop both of those games. So Tennessee and Missouri, the East notwithstanding, that's secondary. Both are sort of in the same predicament coming into Saturday. Yeah. Well, I was, Tennessee's over under the wind total was eight and a half going into the year, right? What, wasn't that what we talked about? Uh, so yeah, you're, you're I kind of. So. You know, even, even though you lost to Florida, you've won all the other kind of swing or toss-up type games um, with a you know A and M, Kentucky. I guess South Carolina going into the year was sort of a toss-up type game. You know, you know this Missouri game is, is will be in that category as well. Um, you know, I guess in a way Missouri's going to wind up being a tougher game than South Carolina and Kentucky, um, which I don't think was the case going into the season. So uh, you're, you're still kind of on track. Um, you know, a lot of things haven't really gone as expected this year, but you're still tracking to win eight, eight or nine games and in, 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 in kind of a, a rebuild bridge type year. Although with how many seniors you're playing, it's hard to, to call it that, but that's, that's really ultimately what this is. Well, when you we look at what they've lost, though, you just, just look at what they've lost coming into the year. And if they were able to only drop down one game and say they win nine, they go nine and three. Last year was ten and two. I think that has to be considered a pretty solid job and pretty good coaching job to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It took them a few games longer than they probably should have to to figure out the best way to use Milton and, and to get Dante Thornton involved. Some, but you, you've been able to run the ball all year. And that's been very encouraging. And you run it, you know, you ran it against A&M and, and Kentucky, who at the time 
I think were the two best run defenses in the league, and you went for well over 200 against both of those teams. So I, you know, Milton, Milton being able to be a threat with his legs is just opens up a lot more in the passing game, which which this team needed. This team just didn't have the weapons outside or you know behind the center to to have the explosive passing game that last year did. Yeah, and I think the first part of the season, what happened was they didn't really get to. They weren't really tested in those first two games. They kind of slopped around with Austin P more than they really got tested by him. But looking back, Austin P at their level, they've actually having a very good year. Virginia is terrible. Probably should only have one win right now. So you just didn't really get. You didn't really. You couldn't really figure out what you were. But when you played A and M and you played Alabama, you you got to really know. And you played Kentucky. You, you sort of know, and you went two and one against those teams. You kind of know what you are more now coming into the stretch against Missouri and Georgia, which you really needed to do that. And it is weird that you've gone this far in the year, and they've yet to beat a ranked opponent. Last year, I think they had four ranked wins by this time. This year, you've only played one ranked opponent. That was Alabama. But I think that just speaks for how the rest of college football is just kind of a big malaise now. The SEC yeah, hasn't been hasn't lived there's up to a whole, it's supposed to be. The the college football is basically full of a bunch of seven and five to nine and three type teams. There's yeah. just no there's very little I mean even some of the teams at the end of, at the bottom of the top ten are 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 good but not great, not historically great. Like I Tennessee's team last year I I really think would would have been a, a true national title contender, maybe even one of the favorites this year. Um, with, with how down the SEC is, um, you know, them and Georgia would, would both be undefeated going into this game, I, I think. And I don't think it would really even be that close. Um, kind of funny how, how it works out like that. But, no, it's, you know, you're in a good spot. You haven't, you know, I, I just, you know, you, I like where, where you're at right now. You're, you're getting better as, as the year goes along, which is really all you can ask for. We're going to take a final time out of the show. We're going to come back for the fourth quarter of the Tony Basilio Show on a Tuesday. We've got about 30 more minutes to go until the top of the hour at 1230 on a Tuesday, November 7th. I'm filling in for Tony today because Tony needs a day of sort of maintenance, as Matt would say. That's the perfect description that we can give for that. Anyway, the number to call in on is 865-200-5402. I got it right. 865-200-5402. We'll be back on the other side. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. We are back for the final segment of today's Tony Basilio edition on Tuesday, November 7th. It is 12.38 p.m. Eastern Time. Brian Harbin, Matt Dixon filling in for Tony, who's taking a much-needed maintenance day. The number to call in on is 865-200-5402. The topic I throw around is this. The last two games, the next two games, the next two games, Vandy notwithstanding, are at Missouri and Georgia at home. Both teams ranked ahead of the balls right now. What is the most likely scenario? You beat Missouri and lose to Georgia at home. You lose to Missouri on the road and beat Georgia at home. Or you win both games or you lose both games. And early, I think, in the conversation, Phil thought that the best chance may be of losing both games and some other, some other callers have come on since and said, especially Chi-Town Tri- Tri- Trey and Rod in Clarksville, that Tennessee can win both games. As I must make a correction here, Tennessee comes in at number 12 in the latest coaches poll. Missouri is 15th, so the balls move ahead of Missouri based on last weekend's results, while in the AP, Tennessee is 14 and Missouri is 16. The series history for Tennessee and Missouri in the SEC, the Vols have beaten Missouri six times. They've lost to them four times. They lost the first two meetings at home and on the road, and then they won the next two. Then they lost the two after that to go two and four, and since then they've won four straight. The first under Coach Jeremy Pruitt, the first two under Coach Jeremy Pruitt, the last three wins were over a Eli Drinkwitz coach team, so Tennessee leads the series 6-4, to four, lost 2-1-2, two, two, lost 2-1-4. Two, Matt, I want to throw this question to you as the number to call in on is 865-200-5402. Matt, the question I have is, Tony asked this yesterday, and I wanted to piggyback off this a little bit. What would you rather do? Would you rather, you can only do one of these. You have one option out of these two choices. Would you rather win an SEC championship this year in football but not make the playoffs? Or would you rather make a Final Four in men's basketball? It's, it's a really good question. I'm going to get to it. About just one, one thing about uh, the Missouri thing. It, you know, Josh Dobbs kind of the, the story of the NFL uh, for this past weekend, which is really fun. Probably the most NFL game I've watched since – I don't know when, but it's been a while. But his first start at Tennessee was actually one of those games at Missouri in 2013. It's the only time I went up there to Missouri 
and Tennessee got throttled by that team that I think they won the East and nearly, oh, I think God. they played played Auburn in the SEC title game, basically for a spot in the national title game. But like, it's kind of interesting that Tennessee plays Missouri the week that, that Josh Dobbs is kind of the story of the NFL, um, basically winning a game without knowing his teammates' names. Um, but it's a really good question you ask. You know, I think the caveat was if, if, that you're not making the playoffs with the, the SEC championship, which I, I actually think there's still, a, there still would be an outside chance of that if you were, you know, an 11 and 2 SEC champion to make the playoffs if, if a few things fail your way. I would probably settle on bat, the, the final four in basketball. Um, but it's a really tough decision and a, a really great question. Um, I would ultimately probably say the, the final four because I think going forward, um, I mean, SEC championships are unfortunately going to be fairly meaningless going forward in, in football, which I think is a, a real shame and, and a disgrace, but it's it'll all about being in the playoffs. Um, so it would be nice. I think one of our callers mentioned it, that winning kind of the, uh, the last SEC title that has some significance would, would be pretty cool. Um, but I, I would probably take the, the final four, but I, I, there's not a wrong answer to that question. I th- and, you know, e- e- either one would be, would be great. I have a little thing for BSPN FPI, which gives the teams that have chances at a playoff, and if it's above 0%, even if it's a fraction of 1%, their team is listed. And there are... Fifteen teams listed, as I pause for effect, fifteen teams that have a chance in this poll to make the playoffs, four teams go. The first team listed the highest percentage chance, which which is interesting because Ohio State has to play at Michigan, and they have a 77% chance to make the playoffs, according to this. They're the number one team as far as having a chance to make. I don't know if that's based on their number one ranking in the FBS in the playoff poll or not. But, Matt, I thought that's interesting how they have a 77% chance. Michigan has a 42% chance. And they're third. They're the third team listed. Yeah, I, I assume that means that the FBI projects Ohio State to beat Michigan um, would be the only the only way that those numbers make sense. Um, you know, I, I think both of those teams, you know, the, the loser of that game, you know, obviously got in last year in Ohio State. Um, at, at, at 11 and 1. Um, trying to, you know, Florida, the Florida State is, you know, undefeated. I, you know, Washington, you know, either them or Oregon, I think, will probably make it. Texas, I, I don't know if Texas will be able to go undefeated or the rest of the way. They might. Um, no, it'd be fun. It'd be a fun exercise. There's still plenty of teams available that can can, can kind of sneak in there. Yeah, that's that's um, what I the, guess. Ole Miss and Alabama probably are probably still listed in that thing as well. Yeah, we'll get to that here as I go down the list. And you know, Florida State. This this has opened up the playoffs for more teams getting four in there. It's certainly more than it was with two. And I know you don't like the format there, but then again, it's it's kind of done what it's intended to do. Florida State is the second team listed at 62%. So they are right between in the middle of Ohio State-Michigan. Florida State plays in the ACC. 
Alabama is the fourth team listed just behind Michigan at 41.1%, and they're just ahead of Texas, who's fifth at 39.6%. Alabama, in a year where we thought some, we actually were talking about them maybe losing two or three games, they're on track, will be favored to finish 11-1, win the West, and they'd have a fighting chance to beat Georgia. Matt, your thoughts about Alabama being listed ahead of Texas? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I'd agree with that because Alabama would have to win out. I mean, that which would include upsetting Georgia. Now, it might not be a huge upset, but I, th- I think Georgia's a better team. Um, but no, it's disgusting how how this Alabama team has, has navigated their schedule and and give them credit. Nobody's been able to knock them off in in, in league play. Um, Just Texas, you know they 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 won they won at a, they won at a and M. You know, A&M kind of gave that game away like Tennessee, and then they beat Tennessee and LSU at home in, in revenge games. Give them a ton of credit. That's a that's a nine, that's a nine and three roster and nine and three team that's going to go eleven and one. Just disgusting. You know, in Georgia, they must not think Georgia's going to come to Knoxville and win because they've got Georgia with, with listed sixth at thirty eight point four percent is in the sixth spot, just ahead of uh, Oregon. See, that that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, they they got to drop from two, I guess, all the way to sixth in this. So that 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 has so that has Alabama beating Georgia and Atlanta. I guess so. And would maybe, be what would basically be what that does. Yeah. Which, which you know, Tennessee. a one loss SEC team's getting in the playoffs. A one loss SEC champions for sure getting in the playoffs. So a one loss SEC team, like if Georgia goes eleven and one or twelve and one, I guess it would be in this case. I I think they'd have to get in too, even though they their schedule's not great. It'd be hard to keep them out. Oregon and Washington are listed 7th and 8th, respectively, as Oregon 37.6%, Washington 31%, which Oregon, you know, Oregon is ahead of Washington despite losing to Washington. Their only loss was to Washington, and Texas is behind Alabama despite handing Alabama their, their one loss. I'm going to take a call. We have someone who's answered the bell as the number is 865-200-5402. And by the way, from the SEC, Ole Miss also makes this list 6.3%. They're the highest chance to make the playoffs other than Georgia. Tennessee is down at 0.3%, 0.3% to make a college football playoff. They're the 13th team listed. Let's go to our phones here. We've got who do we have here? Welcome to the show. Hey, it's Brown Liquor. Hey, Brown JC. Liquor. Hey, bro. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I answered the bell, man. I know it was a light call day, and I got to a stopping spot at work, so I wanted to chime in. Um, I like the spot with this Mizzou and this UGA game. I mean, Mizzou just played a very physical football game, lost. We go up there. I like our spot, even though it's on the road. And then we come back, and maybe we have everything to play for. Uh, it sets up perfectly with George at home. And, you know, our record at Neewin is fantastic. What I'm worried about is if we go up and lay an egg and don't play our best football at Mizzou, you end up getting beat by Mizzou twice. You come home, you're licking your wounds, and then Georgia takes it to us. And that's kind of a real concern for me. I think we could win them both if things work out and we play our best football, well, especially if Milton plays his best football and we can run the ball. One thing to remember is, is Georgia – is playing going to have to play their third straight really hard game in a row because Ole Miss is going to come in there, and despite the fact they were double-digit favorites, that Missouri game wasn't easy, one of the toughest games they've played so far. 
And then Re- really four, because I, I think you, even though Florida's not very good, that's a game that Georgia circles that they a lot of was emotion. off of buy and yeah. got hyped for. So that would be four kind of games that they have to get up for in a row, which I, I think is very difficult. Yeah, exactly. When you look at the when you look at the league right now, us losing at Florida and and letting that Bama game slip away, God, all these teams are so gettable. It's I mean I, I'm I'm excited that we're relevant in football again, but golly, that's disappointing. It really is, and you just can't shake the stink of it. Well, you know that that just puts Tennessee in with a instead of elite, they're they're just in a class with a lot of teams where they're they're at the head of that class. I think as far as just you're. You're pretty good, but you're just a notch below being a championship, real championship contender. But with Heupel, and you're you're at that spot with a team that everyone thought would be kind of rebuilding, which is which is sort of a good way to look at it, and sort of something you can take out of this. Yeah, I uh, I mentioned this in a call. I don't remember several days ago. Uh, you know, there's there's kind of this thing where it, at least <clears throat> at least it hurts because there was a time after Pruitt where. I didn't even give a hoot anymore. It had gotten so bad. We'd had so many coaches, and I couldn't even remember who we'd had and how long they had been there. And, you know, I'm I'm 49, and so for most of my life, we were a pretty stable football program. And, golly, it was hard to take, man, just real hard. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking my call. I appreciate your call, Brown Licker. And I'm going to go talk about something that he brought up there at the end about how I remember – this is just two calendar years ago, Matt. The beginning of 2021, the first six months, right in that little uh, malaise where Hypel gets hired and no one's excited about it. No one cared about spring practice. I remember, Matt, and, and for good reason, I remember how you said that you weren't going to go to the Orange and White game. You weren't going to write about it. <clears throat> you weren't really going to pay that much attention to spring just because you just couldn't quite bring yourself to do that a lot of people were in that same particular boat tony vitello's baseball team took off and he captured the fan base at that time that that was right there for the taking and many of the big fans the big time boosters were just not they weren't sure what to make of the football hire i did i remember the butch hire and the Pruitt hires, and all those loser coaches got more fanfare, got more excitement about hiring those guys than Heupel, who came in sort of, you know, they, 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 those guys came in riding a high horse, and then Heupel comes in riding a donkey. But yet, he's by far the best of the best. And I, I think he's actually, Heupel's done, he's proved it, instead of having everything thrown at him, praise-wise. He's earned it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was looking last night, and this is crazy to think about with with how the teams played and, and how bad Tennessee dominated. Missouri was a two-and-a-half-point favorite when Heupel and Tennessee went up there two years ago. I thought that and was right. I wondered about could have scored a hundred. Tennessee could have yeah. scored 100 points in that game. I will always be convinced of that. With how bad Missouri's game plan was and how they, like, put a defensive tackle at middle linebacker, I'd Tennessee could have literally scored 100 points that day, and I'll always kind of hold that against Hypo, that he could have went on the road in the SEC in his first year and scored 100 points on a team and and chose not to do that. Which, But that I, I, I watch Tennessee's offensive highlights from that game like two or three times a year just because of how just hilarious it was and how, that, how many just wide-open plays they had. 
I had that one with Ty- Tyon Evans going 92 yards with Ollie Lane in the background, like doing a full sprint because he <laughs> had nobody to block. Like, and there, there's like half of Tennessee's starting defense that game is actually still playing on this team now. You know, the funny thing about that play is you probably could have given the ball to Ollie Lane and he would have scored. Probably. You yeah. know, that, that's the funny thing. That was insane. They, they, Tennessee didn't even have a third down until like midway through the second quarter. And they scored a touchdown on that play, but like they they weren't even on in third downs. It was incredible. I think they had fifty five points with about eight minutes to go in the third quarter, was it? Or sometime in the third quarter, they had fifty five points. Yeah, it was. It was. They had forty five at the half, and that that counts a field goal they kicked when they had gotten in. I think they actually scored twice and had it taken away from them. But no, they. It was. I think that was Hooker's second start. Uh, it was so so funny. Yeah, they so just funny. gone to Florida and just they really looked bad, and you've wondered really what kind of team they had, and then that sort of that kind of woke them up. That was the Texas Bruce Pearl type win. That yes, sort of said, exactly. That, yeah, that here. was that was when Hypo's offense took off for the first time was was up there in Como, but they were two and a half point underdogs going into that game, which is insane to think about. I thought about the line. I think were they they were an underdog two years ago when they went up there, which was which is really interesting the way that game turned out. The wrong team was definitely favored that day. Let's go to our next caller here eight six five two hundred five four zero two. We can squeeze a couple more in. I think who do we have? Welcome to the show. Hello. Yes. It's Jason. Jason. So, if Texas wins out and Alabama wins out, do they still? How? What's that scenario? What do y'all see in that scenario? Well, Texas right now is sort of is sort of blocking Alabama's path because they beat them head to head. Now, I don't know. That's another game where it went one way in September. If you played it again now, that's another game where I think could go differently. Like I do Tennessee, Florida, but for right now they're not going to play again. So if if both of those teams, if both both are one loss conference champions, Texas gets in over Alabama. I can't ignore them winning on the road in Tuscaloosa. Now Alabama fans would cry like last year that they deserve to get in, and they they would take that as a slight. But I think I think Matt's right. That's what should happen if justice prevails. Would the the committee have the guts to do that to save in Alabama? They, they'd have to because there's no way to justify putting Alabama above Texas if they both have the same record. I mean, yeah, I would love that, but I hope it does happen. It'd be great to see them get screwed again. Yeah, with, with one loss. See, last year they lost two games, so with, with two losses, still – but if they only had one loss this year and didn't get a four get a fourteen playoff, they'd be like, you know, that that would probably sting a lot more. Even though the reason why they didn't get it would be clear as the result was back in early September. Do y'all feel like this is Saban's last year? Uh because no. all the competition no. is eaten up no. on the No, this is like, this has been one of his better in season coaching jobs, unfortunately. I just think this is just more fuel for him. Yeah, he's going to want to see what he can do when those two teams join the league. All right, guys, y'all are awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jason, for the call. We appreciate that. The number to call in on is 865-200-5402. Tomorrow, special guest, we're going to be joined by Joe Kurt. 
the lady soccer coach at Tennessee. They are going on the road to face their NCAA opponents. So they get to, which is Xavier, they get to play in the NCAA tourney for the third year in a row. Congratulations to those girls. He's a friend of the program. And we have about three and a half minutes or so to play here, maybe three minutes, Matt. So I guess the final, uh, the, the, the question we had out, what's going to happen most likely a win over Missouri, loss to Georgia, a loss to Missouri, win over Georgia, two wins or two losses. I guess consensus, I think the uh, there's a lot of people who think that the 2-0 and o is going to win out, a lot of fans. Love, love the optimism. Um, obviously, Tony's not in that boat because he, he went ahead and, and pinned, pinned in Georgia as a loss preseason. Um, so he already he already waved a white flag for that one. Um, before the season even started, which is interesting, <laughs> given that the hype he's putting on this basketball team with with reservations for the Final Four, uh, you know, I I think I think beating Missouri and losing to Georgia is most likely, um, and you know, not to to be a a wet blanket, but I I think going zero and two is is way more likely than going two and zero over these next two, um, un, unfortunately. Um, you know, I I can't bring myself to say two and zero, although. You have to think about it because the home field, Tennessee hasn't lost at home in Georgia's the last team that beat them there 14 games ago. So a loss to Missouri, you're coming home, it makes it probably more likely than, say, losing to A&M and having to go on the road and winning at Bama. And they didn't beat Bama anyway, just from the where the games are played. Yeah, yeah, and that that one played out to script. You know, you you win a game against you beat beat A and M, and then and then lose to Bama, even though you you had a, such a great opportunity down there. Which makes um, me think- I I just I just don't see Tennessee beating Georgia. Now I I do think it's a lot more likely um, than I had thought. You know, the last you know after the last few weeks, and I just Georgia's due for one of these games. Now it might be Ole maybe Ole Miss does it in Athens, which. It makes sense that Tennessee would be the, the toughest game for Georgia, and that I think a lot of people have thought that all year, but just with how their schedules played out and this that being their fourth. You know. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 